This is the Daily Tip presented by BetMGM. Now, here's Chelsea Messenger and Michael Jenkins. Let's bring in our good friend TJ Reeves, Bucks radio sideline reporter, also host of the Three Dog Thursday NFL and college football podcast. TJ, good morning to you. And let me ask you about Bill Belichick and Tom Brady. And I hang, know. Uh, the, hang on, hang on just a second. Is anybody yeah. else fired? Is anybody else resigning? Okay, we can do the interview. But we're good. I mean, the last hey, 16 hours. I got a check like every five minutes. So that was the five minute check on anybody else is gone. So it's good to be with you. But yeah, Belichick, Brady, and it also uh-huh. ends up tying into another B, the Buccaneers, as it turns oh. out in the Super Bowl, matter of fact. You know, what's going to happen is five, six minutes in, I'm going to be like, guys, I just got to notice I've been terminated. I got to walk away. Can you just finish the show, please, TJ? I'll tell you what, something's going around. While we totally digress, and while we totally digress, (laughs) am I the only one of the three of us that has observed that we're apparently either repping Halloween or the Texas Longhorns or something together completely inadvertently? I don't know if How about the Bucks? The Bucks old uniforms, the creamsicle. We got the creamsicle going. Yeah, I, I think we do inadvertently. But anyway, I have totally sidetracked what you wanted to ask about Belichick, Brady, and eventually the Buccaneers. So go ahead. Yeah, I just wanted to to sort of get your take on having covered Tom there in Tampa clearly for a couple of seasons. And when you look back at the larger framework of what Tom Brady and Bill Belichick did together in Foxborough, you're not a hot take guy, which I appreciate, but where do you put Bill Belichick's influence as opposed to saying, oh, it was all Brady, which is a very simplistic way of looking at things? I don't think I would go, oh, it's all Brady, but I would go, <laughs> oh, a lot of it was Brady. Uh, yeah. Yes, Bill Belichick oh. is going in the Hall of Fame. Mm-hmm. Uh, you look, uh, you can't dispute six Super Bowl wins. You can't dispute the success they had for basically 20 years of the run. It is, it is with him as the head coach and in large part making a lot of the personnel moves. However, the final couple of chapters being written, the first one is now post-Brady, where Brady goes somewhere else and immediately wins the Super Bowl without Belichick. And Belichick and the Patriots, let's be honest, the last four years, down the tubes, that's being polite, including this past season, which was just an abomination. Um, and, And so then the other thing is, is there another chapter of, I'm going to go coach somewhere else and try to prove that I can get back there or this is it? That's an unknown. But, I mean, the legacy is he's one of the greatest coaches ever. It has to be that. But it also has to be said he has arguably the greatest quarterback ever that was largely responsible for a lot of what they did. It's both. Oh, for sure. They will always be tied together, and for good reason. Okay, so I wanted to give you your flowers here. And I think I've done this before on the show. Uh, because before the season started, you said the Tampa Bay Bucks to win the division. And I believe this bet was like five to one. And I'm pretty sure, let the record reflect yes, that I yes. laughed in your face. Uh, so I wanted I believe, to say, well, you I am sorry. You, you, you are being far too kind because there have been legions of people having to do the mea culpa. Uh, but I, look, the bottom line is most believed this team was going to be bad much less win the division. And so they outperformed what a lot of, a lot believed. A lot believed this would be a five or six win team. And obviously when you get to a seventh win, an eighth win, and now a ninth win to win the division, yes. So you were not alone. And I think it was as much as like seven to one that they could win the South. 
there were a lot of people that were loving the Carolina Panthers, and that lasted about 17 minutes. Oh. And then they started playing games, and they fired Frank oh. Wright. So welcome to the NFL. But to your point, we understood here that with players like Mike Evans and Chris Godwin and Levante David on defense and Antoine Winfield on defense, you had a lot of stars. That if you got some good quarterback play, which you've gotten some good quarterback play down the stretch of the season, I know we're going to talk more about that, you could win games. You could win key games. And it, it ends up they won enough of the key games at Atlanta, at Green Bay, Jacksonville at home, and then they finish it off with the ugly, but, but still beautiful. You win you win the division and get a home <laughs> game, 9 nothing game. Hey, if you're going to play a 9 nothing game to end the regular season, but it's to clinch a home playoff game, you'll take the ugly but beautiful 9 nothing win on uh, on Sunday. TJ, when you look at Baker Mayfield, it's quite a story. Because even with your prediction, early in the season, we were mentioning Kyle Trask. Like, maybe he's the guy. Who knows? So what has Baker brought to the table? What has made him different, particularly in the latter half of the season, that has helped the Bucs be in this position? I think it's the veteran leadership, the intangibles, getting you into the right play, checking out of a bad play into the right play, making the key throw on third down. I mean, even Sunday, he's banged up, bruised ribs bad ankle he scrambles on a key third and five the game is only six to nothing if they give the ball back and somehow Carolina scores a touchdown they can be in the lead he scrambles bad wheel bad ribs runs through a couple of guys uh ends up getting a first down that that keeps the drive alive you get a field goal you burn more clock you get a field goal you make the game nine nothing those are the plays Baker Mayfield has made and really down the stretch of the season he's made a lot of big throws too the last two weeks he didn't make a lot of good throws but a lot of big throws in those Atlanta, Green Bay, and Jacksonville wins. So Baker has shown, again, he won a playoff game in Cleveland. You talk about Hall of Fame notations. That That's something that might go on a Hall of Fame resume. I won a playoff game in Cleveland. Joe Flacco may get a chance to do that coming up. So he had done that previously, and we saw that leadership, the intangibles really come through as the season went on. Right. One of the quiet comeback stories of the year Baker Mayfield in Tampa Bay. But let's get on to this game because yes. we do have super wild card weekend kicking off. And uh, actually, this is the tail end. This is the Monday game. Tampa Bay squaring off with the Eagles and the Bucks are three-point home dogs here against an Eagles team that does not appear to be handling adversity very well. Are you taking the points here? I was surprised. I still remain surprised as we head to the weekend that the Bucks remain an underdog. I saw it, it opened like at two or at one and a half, and now it even got bet up a little bit. Um, I, should the Eagles be favored like against St. Ignatius High School right now with how bad oh, they've no. looked? Oh, I don't know no. how good St. Ignatius was this year. Uh, but they've lost five of their last six games. It's the same Eagle team that, with everything to play for, blew a 13-point second-half lead at home to Arizona trying to lock up the division that looked awful in the first half with all their starters in the game against the Giants last week before they finally realized it's over, we're going to be on the road playing Tampa Bay in the playoffs. Um, why are they favored? I, I guess you want, and you guys talk about this all the time, you want some wagering on this game because if you installed the Buccaneers at like a two-point or a three-point favorite, you're probably not getting a lot of interest in, in wagering on this game. Go figure the odds makers. But that surprises me that Philadelphia not only opened as a favorite but remains as a favorite, and I think that'll be some motivation for the Bucks here, especially at home for this uh, Monday night wildcard game. TJ, who is the team besides your Bucks who you think 
might surprise us just a little bit in the playoffs. Not necessarily saying, oh, they're going to make the Super Bowl, but maybe a, a non-favorite out there who could make a mini run and you say, oh, didn't see this coming. L.A. Rams. That team yeah. just stands out to me as a dangerous team down the stretch of the season with a Super Bowl winning quarterback, with a Super Bowl winning coach, and they have enough weapons. They don't have the same all-star team the year they won it with uh, Odell Beckham and Vaughn Miller and the uh, and the others that they had that were involved. Cooper Cup's been hurt, but don't think for a second they can't go to Detroit, win that game, and screw screw it up uh, for the Lions and screw up the NFC playoff picture. Um, let's see. Uh, L.A. Rams just comes to mind immediately uh, in the NFC. And in the AFC, out of the teams, I, I don't like the Dolphins' chances in the freezing cold. And then you've got Pittsburgh playing at Buffalo. Cleveland has been a fascinating story. Maybe the Cleveland Browns sneak a win against Houston, and now they're dangerous in the divisional round. I don't know. But L.A. Rams, I think, would come to the forefront there as to maybe be able to win a game or two and mess it up as a sixth seed. Okay, so I'm looking for some good player props in the Bucks game. Right. And Mike yes. Evans, who's been really good down the stretch, uh, gets a good matchup against an Eagles secondary that's been giving up a ton of yards to opposing wide receivers. Is he the guy that we should what's be looking at, at for props? What's it set at right now? Catches, I would think catches is something like three and a half or four and a half. Uh, he had two early catches in the game last week. They didn't go to him again until the fourth quarter. The Panthers were trying to do their best to take him away. Uh, in the first matchup, for whatever it's worth, all the way back in week three, the Eagles did a really good job on him. So it depends on what the prop is on the catches and the yards. Mike Mike was tremendous in that chunk of games with Carolina at home, at Atlanta, at Green Bay, and then the Jacksonville game. He was phenomenal in those four games. Hasn't been as much the last couple of games. But depending on what that prop actually is, I'd look at Evans. I'd look at Godwin, too. They cannot double mm-hmm. both of those guys. I'd look at Godwin on a four or five catch prop as well. And maybe even Rashad White on catch props uh, as well, because Rashad White can probably catch three or four balls in this game as well. And I got to think his props right around there because they have been spreading it around between Evans, Godwin and Rashad White, the running back. TJ, we got about three minutes here. So we've been peppering this question to everyone, which is what is the worst of all the head coach openings in the NFL? And I think we all agree it's it's the Panthers. We're all in yeah. agreement here. But but how bad? Where is that franchise right now? Covering them, what makes them just so putrid at this point? Well, we were there this past Sunday, and I kept saying the same thing privately, not so much on the air. Who's going to take this job? I mean, yeah. you, you've hired a head coach in the season each of the last two years if you're the owner. So automatically – if I'm looking to take this job when I have a chance to take other jobs, am I even guaranteed the season fundamentally as the head coach? The next thing is you're saddled for now with Bryce Young. And, man, that looks like a bad decision in hindsight right now as opposed to C.J. Stroud and how he looked. All right? You, you give away Christian McCaffrey as a weapon. You give away D.J. Moore in the draft trade with the Bears to the Bears. You are devoid of weapons. You don't even have your number one pick, which you gave to Chicago. You're saddled with Bryce Young. This is a two- or three-year turnaround for Carolina. It's going to take a couple of years before they're probably decent. So I don't know. You're right. That's how bad it is with an owner that has flown off the handle several times already. I don't know what kind of coach they can get. Probably an assistant, somebody that wants the first-time job. But how much can you trust it if you're bad and you're one? 
Okay, so about a minute left. Since you were so good at predicting the NFC South, give us your Super Bowl pick. Who's going to win it all? Wow. Can I cop out and say I have no clue because any one of, like, eight teams could win this between, like, Baltimore and Kansas City. And I like Buffalo, too, to find a way in the AFC, uh, on and on. In the NFC, uh, God help. I mean, is it San Francisco? Is it Dallas? A lot of people back in Detroit. I just told you I think the Rams can beat them. Can this team make something happen starting Monday night? I think you can make the case – for about eight different teams. I mean, the the chalk is San Francisco and Baltimore. How about if I give you something in closing? How about neither the 49ers nor the Ravens are in the Super Bowl? How about that? I'll call that shot right here on the morning tip, right here. Oh, that's perfect. He is the Bucks Radio Sideline Reporter, host of the Three Dog Thursday podcast, and, like me and Chelsea, wearing the color of the old Tampa Bay creamsicle uniforms. It's TJ Reeves. Thank you, TJ. Great to be with you. And have me back on if the Bucks are still rolling in the playoffs. Love to be with you. Uh, we would love that. Absolutely. We'll hold you to that. For more, listen to The Daily Tip, presented by BetMGM. Weekday mornings from 6 to 9 Eastern on the BeckQL Network, the Odyssey app, or wherever you get your podcasts.